Welcome back to Travolta. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering I Am Rat. Enjoy the episode. That's right, folks. It will be You're, done, my lord. You are tuning in to episode 66 of Trolting. A momentous occasion. And Stuart, what movie are we celebrating this with? We are celebrating episode 66 with a film title known as I, I Am Wrath. Yes. Um, a movie that is 80% opening logos and then about 20% movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, I didn't know when this movie was going to start because it was all like logos at the, at the front end. Oh my God, the logos kept going. <laughs> yeah, they did. And like, you know, that's always a telltale sign when it comes to um, uh, movies of like how shady is it going to be based on how many film logos that you have because uh, that just means like they had to pull so many resources from different places. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, um, had like five different production companies at the beginning. Yes. And all that stuff. The, this movie starts off, uh, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to the movie. We got to do a little context corner first. But, um, yes. you know, this movie does start off and it's like, you see a logo and you're like, okay, this this company. And then there's another logo. I swear to God, it's like one and a half to two minutes of logos. It's yeah, crazy. it honestly is. And it ends with the craziest one I've ever seen called Patriot Pictures. Do you Which, see this? Yes, I did. Who, where it's like who is Patriot Pictures? It's like a Civil War battlefield. Yes. Um, and then there's just like the Statue of Freedom or whatever the fuck she's supposed to be. And like our old old Liberty flag or whatever yeah, the fuck it's called. Yeah, she's holding like the old Glory flag. Old Glory flag. Yes. Uh, and she's waving it, and then uh, it zooms out. It's like do 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 do. Um. I'm I'm watching it right now. Uh, and oh it's God. like in a bullseye. Oh my word. Jeff, do you know the film's tagline to this? Yes, the, the the tagline of this movie is "I will lay my vengeance down upon them" in reference to Pulp Fiction, because uh, Travolta has not been able to do anything since Pulp Fiction. Do you remember Pulp Fiction? What a great movie! What a great movie that was, and what a what a horrible occasion for all of these bad mm-hmm. movies to try to suck the the honey out of the yeah the teat yeah of okay. Pulp Fiction. We got to talk about okay. I found Patriot Pictures uh, website. Do you want to know what their their mission statement is? Yes. So um, they were established in 2005. Yeah. Their their mission statement is Patriot Pictures aims at entertainment that inspires social awareness, spotlighting good versus evil in society throughout history and engaging audiences to participate in positive social change. That's Patriot Pictures. That's Patriot Pictures. Did Do they have a new CEO come in later? Did this movie... Uh, they're aware of what they're what they're advocating for in this movie, right? This has got to be some like extreme alt right company or something, right? Like, well, like, no, I, this movie's about um, if they're trying to do positive social change. This movie's about how they're like, yeah, it's great. Um, guys should just get back tattoos and go out and just start killing drug dealers, and that's how we're gonna fix our country and kill corrupt governors. Yeah, and cr- kill corrupt governors. There's a direct line from this movie to January 6th, uh, 2021. And wasn't there already like, you know, those guys in Michigan that were arrested for plotting to, to kidnap, to the, kidnap governor. The, Mich- the, gov- yeah. Mich- the governor of Michigan? Like, do you think they watched this movie before? I'm like, we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Travol- if John could do it, if Travolta could do it. If Christopher Maloney could do if it. If Christopher Maloney could. Oh my God. Are we going to talk about Detective Elliot Stabler? Is- <laughs> Did his dad bod really unsettle you in this movie? Oh, his he's dad like, bod. No, he's, he's like kind of ripped, but also kind of not. That's see, Jeff, it's, just, it's just not the way I expect much of a to fan see are Christopher you? Maloney. How much of a fan are you of Christopher Maloney? Do you want to hear tragic information? Oh no, I've never seen a, spe- a single episode of Law and Order SVU. <sighs> All right, time out or any Law and Order. Time out. Okay, so Christopher Maloney in SVU yes. is a daddy. 
he is a daddy. I, I don't deny and it. Not I do only, I do not, not deny only it. is he a daddy, but he is a daddy who also works as a police officer who investigates sexual assault and rape cases and keep going. I, I like that's it. Like that's yeah. a, but that's it. But that's enough. No. But like no. he's a guy who respects the term of like consent and like informed consent and like positive sexual relationships. Like this is a guy that you want to like cuddle up in bed with every night and you're going to feel safe with. Yeah. No, I, I like Christopher Maloney well enough. Every movie I've seen him, he's been good. He's good in this. He's, he is good in this. He's maybe better. He's more locked in than Travolta in this probably. Honestly. Okay. So hear me out. Like, so last week we talked about a movie called in a Valley of violence. Yes. And I said the same thing about in a Valley of violence. Um, or not? No, I didn't say the same thing about In a Valley of Violence. I had there was a, something about In a Valley of Violence that I think could have been carried over with this film, which was yeah. With this movie, I think if you swap, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but if you swap the roles, and make Christopher Maloney the main actor, and then John Travolta is the guy that comes in like forty-five minutes in the movie and, and he says some crazy shit, says some crazy shit, does some crazy boss-ass moves, and yeah. then dips. Then that makes this movie already. 30- Christopher Maloney has one move in this movie, and it is appear behind the bad guy. Because Travolta, they're like they got Tra- when they have Travolta corner, and he's like, "I'm not alone." And then Christopher Maloney just shoots the guy. It happens six to seven times. In I this mean, movie. he has some cool fighting. The moves. same bit happens six to seven times. The in this dude movie. kills three drug dealers who corners him in his barbershop. Yes. By the way, Christopher Maloney owns a barbershop. In yes. That's a funny thing because Christopher Maloney never has hair. <laughs> Okay, do we but he's want... honest about it, unlike Travolta, who uh, is wearing quite the wig. In this the wig. I have I have something to say about that uh, when we get to it. Okay, uh, uh, context corner. Yeah, let's dive right into the context corner. Yes, uh, so this movie um, actually has interesting history to it. Um, it comes out in 2016, as we know, uh, May 6th of 2016. But before this movie starred John Travolta, it was directed by Chuck Russell. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was set up in the year of our Lord, uh, 2012, 2012 mm-hmm. uh, to be directed by William Friedkin, he of The Exorcist, um, and it was going to star Nicolas Cage. Okay. And it was set up as like a late one of the late stage Cage action movies, um, directed by you know Friedkin and his in his later stage where he was going for some movies kind of like in this vein. Yeah. Um, but over time, both of them dropped out, and eventually the script makes its, its rounds, and it makes it to Travolta, um, mm-hmm. who signs up along with uh, director Chuck Russell, who has yeah. one of the weirdest careers uh, out there. What is Chuck Russell's career? So Chuck Russell, um, his uh, first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Hmm. Uh, he then does The Blob, the Jim Carrey mask movie, <laughs> um, The Scorpion King, hmm. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, um, he does some other movies that don't exist, and then he does this. Huh. I mean, not. I, I like a fair bit of those movies. I like yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I like The Mask. Um, just a very strange career. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like basically the poster child of a journeyman in Hollywood. Yeah. The guy who just like pops up, does a competent enough job, and then gets out. Hey, graduating from University of Illinois. Oh, wow. He's a Chicago guy. Uh, he's also directing the upcoming Travolta movie, Paradise City, so we will be talking about him again whenever, that, whenever, whenever that, that movie, movie comes, comes out. out. We don't think it's going to make it in time for us to finish our show on it. Unfortunately. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it when we'll come back. Yeah. Um, but no, this uh, originally set up as a Friedkin Cage vehicle, uh, shifts over to a Russell Travolta vehicle. Um, and Travolta, you know, uh, he starts getting into it, and he starts kind of structuring this as his comeback movie mm-hmm. uh, for like the fourth time. Because if you watch this movie, there is a lot of shared DNA between this and John Wick. Yeah. Almost to a scary degree. It's extremely similar movies. But so does In the Valley of Violence that we talked about last week. Yes. Yeah, that has a different way of being like John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> um, But no, this, like, it has the structure of, like, guy goes on, you know, an old action star who's kind of washed up at this point. Travolta in this or Keanu in 2014. Yeah. Kind of comes back, gets back to their roots, does just a really well-made, really hyper-competent action vehicle with like a solid plot, a simple plot, really stylishly directed. 
And that's basically what like they were trying for this. Yeah. And, and like, what's the problem with that? It Jeff? worked for John Wick. It worked for Keanu and John Wick is the movie that brings Keanu back. Because all those things you said they accomplished. It's yes. simple plot but well directed, nicely shot, good action sequences and a deliverable Keanu's getting back to his like his basics. Yeah, deliverable performance that satisfies the story mm-hmm. and the motivation. Reminds you why you love this guy in the first place. Exactly. Keanu's whole performance in John Wick is calibrated to remind you why you like Keanu Reeves. Yes. Um and this movie attempts to do the same thing. Keyword attempts. Yes, this tries to do the same thing for Travolta, and you get really get the vibe watching this that he's convinced. Out of all those a- aspects that we talked about, mm-hmm. like simple plot, good directing, nicely shot, deliverable performance, so those four things, did it accomplish any of those things? No. No. What it does accomplish is uh, the Jeff's part... already yawning. Yes. It accomplishes the part from John Wick where he, uh, he busts the floor open and gets all his old guns out, except Travolta busts open his closet wall and does that in this movie. Yeah exhilarating um yeah so this 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 movie's kind of you know it's travolta's attempted an action star comeback um remind and he's trying to remind you why you loved him in the first place wait why we loved him in the first place he was singing and dancing in brooklyn that's why we loved him exactly, in the first place exactly the problem here <laughs> <laughs> is that he's like you know what they loved about me he was a 1950s greaser they loved that i was a badass he was a disco jockey guy <laughs> like they loved that i was a he wry, was a sound technician <laughs> they loved that i was a wry slightly funny badass in those movies i did and that this is the problem we're having with travolta where he keeps improperly calibrating like where what he thinks audiences want out of him yes um this is a good point and he thinks this is the type of thing they're looking for him right the he thinks like well the i've just been in bad movies what people want is like they want the pulp fiction travolta they want the pulp fiction drama but not even like he misunderstands the pulp fiction travolta he does he doesn't understand the joy of that movie is that he's playing a lovable idiot right he's like i was a badass in that movie um Right, I was a gunslinger guy. Yeah, I was. And he thinks that's what people want out of him, when really his like his whole bit is like you know we talked about that um, Lily Tomlin quote from like seven years ago or whatever. Yes, where she was saying like every Charles performance is a you know a reflection of masculinity and some aspect of it being explored. Yeah, and so much of it comes out of him like being kind of like a doofus, kind of like a goof. Yeah, and his best performances are the ones that play with that. Well, cause and I agree because even in the, the films where he is like quote unquote an action badass. Yeah. And I can, I can think of two main big ones. I can think of, um, broken arrow. I was going to say broken arrow and face off. Yeah. Broken arrow and face off are, are probably the two like, but he's bathing in the river of ham in those movies. He's going full ham. He is going full. Yes. Ham. Like, and I, I agree. Like all the other movies, like there, he's not like gunslinging action star. I mean, like, you know, there's swordfish, but he's like, again, he's, he's over the top. He's over the top. Uh, and, and this then, movie is over the top in the wrong way. In those movies, right. he is calibrating himself to be over the top. In this movie, he's trying to like give this like grounded action movie, soulful performance when he should be like dialed to an 11 right at all times and speaking of being dialed to an 11 we gotta talk about this wig (laughs) we gotta talk about this wig are we going there i i read this in a letterbox review of this movie that i think summed up the plot of it perfect better than i ever could yeah um it said this this movie is just called uh it's john wig Do we want to cue the hair ranking music? Yeah, let's do the hair ranking. All right. We haven't even started the plot. Cue the hair ranking music. Yeah, it's it's a fucking wig. Yeah, um, it's, it's terrible, and it's a bad wig. It looks anything. like a dead raccoon. It looks like the the. Okay, here's the thing. Did you notice like the hair colors don't match? Yes, it starts black, jet black on the base, but then fades to a brown as it gets higher. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? Yeah, I did. Like at the roots of the hair, it's black, but as the roots stem out and it gets to more floofy hair, it turns brown. What is that? And also like the way it's like perched up. 
and the side yeah. burns. And then the back also with, with the hairline at the top of the yeah. forehead, it looks glued on. Yes. Like it does not look. There's like a straight line. Yes. Is the problem. Yes. So I want to say this is going to go pretty darn low. I think mm. I already have one wig Travolta in a low spot of the list. I think it's going to go right next to it. All right. Here, here's what we got. Here's what we got. Okay. 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 Um, I want audiences to know that on our final episode of this of this show, we will just be reading the entire hair ranking from top to bottom. Uh, put it above. Oh, uh, wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! Put it above. What did he look like in Criminal Activities? Uh, it was it was it was the same thing where it was like a a wig, but it was just like his normal hair as a wig, which is kind of what's happening here. Except this one, like it tries to be floofed up, and it just is not working. Incredible is just like the center part. Put it above Killing Season below Savages. Above Killing Season below Savages? Yeah. You got it. I think that's fair. Because Killing Season, it's it's above Killing Season because this thing was just painted on his head. Yeah. It's borderline. I think you might like it. <laughs> I think you might Nope. Like it. We're not going there today. Jeff, it is April like 24th. We are not doing this. We're not doing this? <laughs> not on April 24th. Okay. Okay, fine. Jolly old St. Nicholson won't come back. Uh, is that it for the context corner and the hair ranking? Too? I think that's it for the hair ranking. And basically that's it for the context corner. Um, Christopher Maloney's in this movie. He is in this movie. Uh, this movie has a, has a weird cast. Is this um, around the time he left SVU to go and do features? Or was was he still doing? So this movie comes out in 2016 and he leaves SVU in 2011. So this is like five years into his like departure. Yeah. Attempt to be in movies. Um, which doesn't really work out for him. Hey, hey. Because he, he's back on SVU now. Well, yeah, but... Do you know the movies he's in? Name me. Name me the movies he's in. He was in Man of Steel. He was in Man of Steel. He was pretty good at it, too. He's like the seventh lead in Man... He's like... No, he's not even the seventh. He's like the 11th lead in Man of Steel. Pretty good. He's a pretty good... He's good. One. He's, like, he's good. Christopher Maloney is a good actor, folks. He is a very good actor. Yeah. But name me another movie Christopher Maloney was in between his SVU stints, besides this and Man of Steel. No, no, no. I think I think I do have one. I'm just trying to figure out what it was. It was another detective movie. Another detective movie. Like he was, he played another like detective like person. I think this is answer. I think this. You're proving my point right now. Well, no, but okay. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Whatever he else was. was he I, I can just list you what he's in. Okay, list me. In between leaving SVU and coming back to SVU ten years later, he's in Man of Steel, Forty Two, the Harrison Ford Chadwick Boseman movie. Yeah, he's probably good in that. Jack Robinson. Um. White Bird and a Blizzard, Small Time, Mm-mm. They Came Together, Mm-mm. Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, Mm-mm. The Diary of a Teenage Girl, Mm-mm. I Am Wrath, Mm-mm. Marauders, Mm-mm. Almost Friends, Mm-mm. Snatched. Mm-mm. That's it. He goes back to TV after that. Okay, but Man of Steel and 42 are hits. Good movies, not because of him. He's he's not he's not in he's a a little bit of texture in the background in those movies. But he's a good actor. Which is the he actually has a more successful film career before he leaves SVU. Because he's in, you know, all three Harold and Kumar movies. He's in Wet Hot American Summer, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, he's not, like, you know, popping off because he's popping off on TV. But prior to leaving SVU, he's doing better stuff than he does after. Because hmm. he, he's just, you know, he's he did SVU for, like, what, 10, 15 years or something like that? Yeah. It's hard to get out of being Detective Elliot Stabler, which is also a very funny name. Why is Elliot Stabler a funny name? Detective Elliot Stabler. It's just fun to say. Detective Elliot Stabler. It's it's a fun thing to say. I, I don't know why. Why? It's just fun. Detective Jeff Sweeney. Is that fun? Yeah. No. Is that fun? Because my name's not fun. Detective Elliot Stabler is fun. What about Olivia Benson? Uh, John Cragen. No. Ice T. Ice T is fun. Ice T is fun. I. It's so funny that Ice T is in those. You mean is in that show me? still? Guys, the thing, the little Ice T is so thrilled that he just gets to show up like four days a week or something like that, say some nonsense into a camera, and then take the rest of his time off. I mean, Jeff, we work in an industry where we experience that a lot. Yes, but like, I'm I'm just, I'm just so happy for Ice T. Yeah, I'm just so happy he's found this, this place for himself. Me too. Me too. Okay. Um, I guess we should start talking about the movie. Yeah, we might as well just dive right into it. So if the opening of the film logos weren't terrible enough, 
try another 10 minutes of news flashes. Oh, yeah, it, it, it never ends. <laughs> it never ends. I was like, so I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't in like in a rush to watch this movie this morning, but I was cutting down to the wire between yeah. when I had to leave to come get here. Yeah. And so I was contemplating like fast forwarding through some of this like bullshit. Like I was like, I don't need the credits. I don't yeah. need like all because basically what this is telling you is it takes place in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, because the um, tax incentives were good. Again? This is like the, what, the fourth movie we've covered set in Ohio yeah. at this time. <laughs> Ohio was killing it at one point. Yeah. What it's happened? It's like Ohio looks very distinctively Ohio. Does it? I don't know what it is. Does it? I feel like Ohio, you can you can pull off like I know you Indiana, can pull, you can pull Michigan, off. Wisconsin, but there's something Illinois. about these Ohio cities, yeah, that looks so ridiculously Ohio. Like it, it just looks like boring. It looks like bread. Like this, these cities looks look like, like bread. bread. <laughs> they look like bread. I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. But what happened? Why why did they stop? Why did the tax incentives? Uh, tax incentives got better all other places. Now mm. everyone's in Georgia. We litigated this on uh, criminal activities, I feel like. Yeah, we probably did. So anyway, uh, yeah, basically it takes place in Columbus, Ohio, and there's a crime wave happening. Yeah, it is established that apparently Columbus, Ohio is the worst city in the world. Worse than Chicago. Worse than L.A. It is established that apparently the purge happens every night in Columbus, Ohio. It seems that way. And for a movie that we learned was developed by this this company, Patriot, Patriot Pictures, Pictures, that seems extremely like, you know... On brand? Conservative-y company. Like, look at our good old American yeah. hometown being overrun. Yeah, being by overrun by drug dealers. Right. And criminals. Which is white. And none of them are white. Right. right. Well, I was yeah. just about to say, that, which is like conservative alt-right code word for black people. <laughs> yes. So... Because, like, it... And, like, it's not just, like a little bit of news at the beginning of this movie is like it's a yeah. lot it's a long sequence it's forever like i wouldn't have had a like you know there's a lot of movies that are like death wish and whatnot which is like you know kind of use this as the code for like your main character going out and killing criminals or whatever and I'm like fine whatever i understand you need the incentive but the fact that it just keeps going okay and pause yeah. did you see that movie with russell crowe unhinged no, but I heard it's very funny. Did you? It has the exact same opening. Yeah, but it's instead of a series of like crime waves, it's road rage and traffic jam. <laughs> I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. Go to YouTube, and look up the opening of Unhinged. It's the same opening mm-hmm. as I Am Wrath, yeah. but instead of like drug dealers and homicides, it's road rage. Like yeah. it's road rage assaults mm. and how bad traffic is. And the thing is, this does not play into the movie at all this opening not really no not really because the the plot of this movie is not about like crime getting so crazy it's that, about a corrupt yeah, it's about a corrupt official yeah having somebody killed and blaming it on a crime wave which is not the worst plot for a movie that's not the worst idea but it misleads you into thinking that this is yeah what's going to happen is a random act yes it's not a random and act. spend so much time like using this as the justification for Travolta's rampage but that when you get to the movie, you don't need that justification. Right, no. You, know, like, you, you get it. So after, at the end of all of this crime scene stuff, we also get introduced to like the corrupt governor. Yes. Who insists that there is no crime wave. Yes, um, uh, Governor um, John Meserve, which is quite a name. I also would like to show you the plot section on Wikipedia for this movie, which has a tagline at the bottom that says, this article's plots are maybe too long or excessively detailed. And observe... Hmm. This thing's like seven paragraphs, seven to eight paragraphs. Well, Chonky. Jeff, you notice I'm not using Wikipedia yeah. to list out the plot. Well, I always, Just saying. I always have Just the Wikipedia. Saying. Okay. I know. Uh, after that, it's not Travolta yet. It is... Yeah, we start with the governor, and he's giving his speech yes. about how, like, we have defeated crime in the city. Did you notice? And I'm like, wait. Didn't we just spend six to seven minutes watching crime happen in the city? Well, that was the whole point of which yeah. it's like they're hitting the 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 hitting the hammer on the head of the nail again because they just got done with this montage saying like the governor's corrupt and he's saying the crime waves down. Cut to the governor. Yeah. In the same shot too, by the way, they using news clippets in that montage, and then when they cut to the conference, it's from the same. Yeah. Clips. Like they just shot it once. They didn't shoot it twice. They shot it once. You had a one day at that location. Yeah. And they so had three hours. What I love about that is you get this wide shot of him with his crowd 
and uh, he's like, we have defeated crime or whatever. Then it cuts to a reverse, like, French over from him. But you see the immediate crowd in front of him. Mm -hmm. Did you notice, Jeff, that he is, like, surrounded by all white people? Yes. But one black person in the front row. Yes. It's like the AD, whoever was dealing background that day, said, listen, Charlie. Charlie's the background PA or whoever the fuck it is. How many black people do we have on this? Yeah. Well, I think we just have Sharon. Well, I think we just have Sharon today, man. It's like, okay, we're gonna put her in the front row. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> well, it's in some way, it kind of it does, you know, tell the story that this movie is accidentally trying to tell. I don't know if it's try like it's trying to tell the point. Like it's trying to be about a corrupt official who scapegoats minority communities. Yeah. Um, for his own benefit. Yeah. Um, and. In some way, that's maybe intentional, but I have no idea. I don't know either. Yeah. So that goes from that conference. Oh, and then there's like a pipeline protest that's happening behind him. And he yeah, says, he's like, he's like, yeah, let's, let's here for the crime. Let's hear for the pipeline. And everyone up front goes quiet. And there's like a protest group in the back. Of them, ah. And they're like, as I said before, the pipeline will boom the economy. Jeff, does the pipeline ever come back? E- kind of, yeah. Oh, because yeah, it's, that's the ca- catalyst right, of right. the movie. That, that is the catalyst because it's about that whole yeah. report. Because he he says during this EPA meeting, he's report. like, he's like, the EPA has their whatever about the pipeline. We and, are, but hiring. we have had an independent commission that's going to come in right. and see if the pipeline is um is negative. And he's like, the doctor leading is Vivian Hill, and when they cut to Vivian Hill, who is Travolta's wife in this wife movie. in this movie. Uh, and she's at home with her family. Yeah. Um, her daughter and her granddaughter. Or grandson. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I'm so stressed working on this report about the pollutants in the pipeline or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, but I got to go pick up your father. Cut to the funniest shot of this movie. It's Travolta on an escalator with the biggest smile on his face. Wig beaming <laughs> off his forehead. And he's just like... And you're like you just get the vibe that in this moment he's just like this movie's bringing me back. This is my reintroduction, baby. I'm getting back into the big leagues now. Uh, and it's very funny. He did not, dear reader. Yes, dear reader. What he, I love, I think, is he going down the escalator. Or is he's he going, going down the escalator. I like that. He's like so optimistic, but his world's yeah, already going, down. going downhill. Uh, but he gets down there and he meets his wife, and she's like, oh, "I'm so tired. Let's go home. Let's uh, hang with our. Let's see our family and whatnot." They get to the parking garage. Yeah, they get to the park. It's fucking empty. There's no one else in this parking garage. What do you think's going to happen? What do you think, audience? <laughs> the second this happened, I'm like, well, yeah, someone's getting shot in here. We wanna... just spent like 30 hours at the beginning of the movie talking yeah. about this crime wave yeah. happening in the city. It's John Travolta greeted, coming back from a trip, a trip we don't know what it is yet, greeted by his wife. They go into an empty parking garage. There's a flat tire on their car. Yeah. What do you think is yeah. going to happen? So, Two guys come up and they kill his wife and beat him, beat up Travolta, and they steal her purse and run off. They steal her purse and run off. Uh, and Travolta grabs the wife. He's like, "No!" And there's like one dolly shot that pulls back yeah. Travolta holding his dead wife because this movie is artistic with like the little squiggly lines next to it. Um, <laughs> Travolta's playing Stanley in this movie. Uh, not not the not the beloved Marvel uh, creator, but just a guy named Stanley. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. I liked it. That was good, Jeff. Uh, he's a a factory manager of Chrysler, <laughs> but he's got a secret past. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we cut to Vivian's funeral. Travolta now has a little gash on his forehead uh, from being beaten up by these thugs. Yeah. Uh, and he he like kisses his wife's body goodbye and tells his daughter, "I can't stay at this funeral. I, ca- I can't say I can't do this." And the priest pulls him aside. He's like, "Here's a Bible and a rosary to help her keep her in a memory." And Charles like, "I don't pray." She's gone. She's gone. And the guy's just the guy. The priest says something along the lines of like, "That's why I'm handing this Bible to you." And so Travolta goes home. Cut two. The police station. 
Yeah, they were at the police station. We're at the police station. Uh, where we have the two the most jamoke detectives <laughs> yeah, we, you've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> These two detectives. What, they uh, might as well be eating a jelly-filled bagel. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like they're like, well, you know, you didn't see. You didn't we see the killer. So Sam, uh, Sam Trammell as Detective Gibson. <laughs> it's Detective Gibson. Detectives Gibson and Walker. Um, the most jamoke detective names. The you, most non-existent. Like, <laughs> you might as well have. Oh, my God. Because uh, James Gandolfini is already dead at this point, yes. right? He died in 2013. Just imagine. He cut if he had to, been one of these cops. If he had been one of the detectives. Yes. He's just in there eating a whole whole. Every scene, he has a meatball sub. <laughs> Strombol, detective Stromboli's yeah. back, baby. Every scene, he's just eating a sub. And he's like, what can I say, Mr. Hill? You didn't see the killer. So. Yeah, he's like, you have blood in your eyes. And Troll's like, I didn't have blood in my eyes. And I'm like, you have blood in your eyes. You, you couldn't see well. You said he had a bat tattoo. This guy's got an insect. What uh, I like is that they they find the killer. They do find the guy. They find the guy. They do like one of those. They do like a usual suspects lineup, just, yeah. or just a lineup, and trolls positively IDs the guy, and they're like, "Your evidence isn't enough. Uh, we got to let Says him go." You were not a credible witness. Yeah. Which here's my thing about the cops' plan in this because we're, it sucks. It terrible. sucks. What? Because okay, a little bit fast forward, a little spoiler alert, but the cops are in on this whole thing. Yes. Why would they bring him in in the first place so John Travolta can see who he is and identify him? Yeah. What was that all about? Why do they even do that? Why can't they just say, we can't find him? Yeah. That that would be so much more believable, right? And he would not be so upset about the justice system at that point, which would lead him to go on his rampage. Mm-hmm. He just believes, oh, the cops just can't find him. Like, that's it. They could have just done that. But instead, they go with the extra mile of bringing him in, getting him positively ID, and be like, your testimony isn't enough. I'm sorry. We got to let him go. And he winks at him as he walks up the police station, the killer. Mm-hmm. His name is Charlie. Yes. Charlie, spelled uh, L-E-Y at the end. Instead of the normal He's term. the opposite of Stanley. Um, but Stanley is so furious. Um, at one point, he says, like, I am full of wrath. Oh. But he goes home and he like has his like long dark night of the soul moment, his garden of Gethsemane moment, and he throws the Bible that the priest came across the room and it lands and it opens up to Jeremiah, uh, six eleven apparently, and it says, "I am filled with the wrath of the Lord." I will lay my vengeance upon thee. And then what happens next? That's the music that I imagine playing in Travolta's head when he he says he reads. Well, he bio. touches the drywall at the back of his closet, but then he doesn't. Yeah, it's very open. funny. He doesn't open it yet. Well, he oh, he I, get, I get, also want to say when the Bible lands on the front, there's like a superimposed highlight that goes over the "I am filled with the wrath of the Lord" line. In case you didn't, you didn't get it. Do you remember this? It's like the light of God like specifically shines on that. Nice. All right, killing season all over again. Yeah, uh, he, he touches the drywall at the back of his closet. Doesn't open it yet, though. Yeah, and so then he, he goes on a drive. Yeah, and he sees Charlie, Charlie on the drive, and he's like, "Fuck it!" And he drives back home, busts open the drywall, takes out a brief like a yeah. bag, and cuts it's just it open, full of guns, guns, passports, and cash. money. It's your Assassin Kit 101. Yes, we've all seen an Assassin Kit 101. Hell, I have an Assassin Kit 101. You have an Assassin Kit 101. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you all have Assassin Kits 101. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about? I want to give a shout out right now. Yes, to the guy who wrote the Wikipedia synopsis of this movie. Uh huh. Because it's right at this point, um, when he he does this, the the guy who wrote this Wikipedia says, "Inspired, Stanley no, now goes by the name Wrath." And for the rest of this Wikipedia synopsis, he refers to him as Wrath instead of Stanley, the guy who wrote this. Wrath uses Dennis's intelligence to track down the men who attacked him at the bar. <laughs> Shout out to this guy for really committing to this movie. <laughs> It's probably Travolta. It's probably it. one of the production assistants from Patriot Pictures. Yes. Constantly updating this page. Yeah. But he, he pulls out his briefcase and he, he makes a phone call to Dennis. The most badass name in the world, Dennis. Who is played by Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney, Elliot Stabler! The, who is actually really good in this movie. He's really funny. He's great. He said um, about his role in this movie. I gave a good three minutes. Yeah, he's like, I gave a good three minutes, and that was about it. That's what <laughs> he was here for the money. Yeah. He was here to do a little bit of work. So, um, Dennis... He, Dennis runs a black ops operation from underneath a barber shop. Yeah. The scene starts with Travolta walking in and getting a shave. Yes. And they have a banter, 
and they're talking about oh I remember uh 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 uh, 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 uh what's the black widow hawkeye dialogue Budapest. The, remember budapest <laughs> they don't say budapest but when as soon as they start talking like this i immediately thought of the hawkeye yeah black widow it's like oh my god remember budapest yeah so annoying. Here's a sin in movies that I really want to extinguish. Let's stop it with the whole, remember this thing that we did before this movie that the audience doesn't know about? God, how crazy that was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm, I'm getting really tired of that bit in many of these movies. But yeah, they do the whole like, remember Budapest? Remember yeah. how crazy that shit was? Yeah. You said you got out of that life. Yeah. You promised Vivian. Vivian was like winning the lottery for your man. I don't mm. know what accent I'm doing for Christopher Maloney. Yeah. He talks like a regular person, yeah. but and he's... it's just it, this is just the John Wick thing. Yeah, it's just the John Wick thing of like him going to the Continental. Mm-hmm. Except the Continental, like the amount of world building in John Wick is so effective. It is, and it's John so... Wick does an incredible job of just building out this world gradually, intelligently, and like bringing you into it, and you understand the context of everything that's happening. And John Wick on paper, it sounds ridiculous. Yes, yeah. it's like. Oh, this guy is a his dog. Gets, he's a former black ops assassin, and you know his dog gets killed, and he has to get revenge. Oh, but by the way, there's a secret underground society of assassins that goes run by this hotel, and the other yeah. currency of the like what? But it's so good. It's, but it's so, so effective. Good, effective in the movie, and by John Wick too. Like they're really building out the uh, like the world. Uh, I love it. Yeah, those movies are so good. Um, but this one, Dennis is just like, yeah, I, I'm, I did black ops in the day and now I work under a barbershop and Troll's like, yeah, here I go. And and I love Christopher Maloney to death, but God, whoever wrote this character really was like the prepper dude. Yeah. (laughs) Cause this guy in his basement has like a target like practice. Like he has a target practice and like a gun. Yeah. And just multiple stuff like Dennis is Christopher Maloney's Dennis is the ultimate alt-right prepper. Yes. (laughs) Um, so Oh, Patriot Pictures, we're on to you. We are on to you. Are they still, like... Yeah, apparently they're still making things. Um, They're all, like, action movies like this. Mm, Makes sense. Um, So, with Dennis's help, he finds one of the guys who attacks him. Yeah. He's just Dennis, like, yeah, here are the guys. Here's what they look like. And Dennis, like, somehow finds pictures of all these guys. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, one of them's at a bar right now. He goes to that bar. Yeah, he goes to the bar, and he beats up the guy and the guy beats him up and then Dennis pops up behind the guy and kills him which happens seven more times throughout this movie <laughs> yeah. where Travolta where the guy has the gun at Travolta and Travolta's like I didn't come alone and Dennis like shoots him behind it's like why did you kill my wife yeah and he's like you wouldn't understand it's like where's Charlie it's like I ain't saying shit and then pop yeah, so they kill this guy uh, they roast his body yes. in, a du- in a dumpster yes they light him on fire Was which actually being caught by camera yes by one of Lenny's or Lemmy's or whatever the fuck the guy's that was a drink drug dealer in this movie. Um, Lenny K. Lenny, Lenny K. K is what I think they call him. Uh, Lenny K. K for crystal because this mm. dude's a crystal dealer. Yeah. Uh, so Lenny K. We get introduced to Lenny K. But it's around this point where this movie kind of like snaps into my kind of movie. What? It snaps into like the shitty buddy cop movie. Between Trolls and Maloney. But it doesn't commit to the buddy cop. It doesn't commit to it, which is why it doesn't work. But, like, this is when the movie, I'm like, okay, there's some juice to this. There's some juice to this kind of low-rent action movie aesthetic, which is Trolls and Maloney just popping fools. If it had done that, then yes, great. Because the next scene is when I'm, like, hooting and hollering watching this movie. That is the scene where... Trolls goes to this tattoo parlor. This is the same scene where, like, uh, Maloney gets cornered in his barbershop. Um, that happens r- roughly the same time as this. Yeah, it's like it happens simultaneously. Yeah, it happens cross-cut. Because, because the, the gang decides they get a picture of Maloney, but they don't have one of Travolta. Right. So they send some... They, Charlie goes to rough up Maloney with some of the guys at the barbershop. And how does that just, go for them? Maloney beats, kills two of them, and Charlie runs off. Yeah, because um, Maloney gets cornered by like three guns, but he uses his ninja tactics. Yeah, and gets he, the upper he like, hand. turns into a ninja for a second. Yeah, oh, wait, Chris Maloney, who like he has a really good line in this because he uses his shin to break a yeah. baseball bat that one of the bad guys has, yeah. and he's like, "Ow, that really hurt." Yeah, <laughs> just, like just keeps killing yeah. the guys, and I was like, "That's good. That's good. That's a good it's bit." Those were his good three minutes. Those yeah. were his three minutes. Um, and then Travolta's at this tattoo parlor. He walks, and he's like. I'm looking for a uh, Lars. Lars, um, and this guy behind the counter is like, "He's gone." 
but I can hit you up. What are you looking for? The bartender! (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, Troll says, I got an idea for a tattoo. And then, like... They're doing his tattoo on this his is back. Quite a substantial tattoo. Trollton was there for a while <laughs> waiting. He's supposed to wait for that to settle yes. too, man. Those can get infected. And it's very funny because like they didn't even put saran wrap over it. We just cut like we cut to Maloney and then we're back to Travolta and he's like laying shirtless on a table getting a tattoo done on his back. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, What is this? And he's Trolls like, it's from the Bible. You're like, oh, he probably got a little like eyebrath written on his back. But Dear no. reader. <laughs> when he sits up. When it cuts to the other angle, would you like to describe his... how large this is? Just... Uh, it is full back. It is just full back. There's a giant cross <laughs> um, from like the shoulder blades down, and then at the top, in like Helvetica, it's written like, I, I am, am wrath. wrath. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Very ridiculous. Um, and he kills Lars because Lars finally shows up along with the other bar, the, the other tattoo car guy. And he yeah. makes off with the uh, with drugs and money that were at the the at the tattoo parlor. So they set up a sting operation. Yeah, they set up a sting with Charlie. Meanwhile, at the same time, the our two like Jamoke detectives. We find out who they're in on it with, with the governor Lenny K. Lenny K. and the governor. Well, we didn't find out like the governor was in on it in on it until like later, right? Because that was like when they he finds Lenny K. and he's like, "This goes all the way to the top." It's like, what the governor? <laughs> like it roughly all happens around the same but, time. But here's the thing, though. I will say this about the is we could have already found out the governor yes. was in on it from like minute five. Yeah, from minute one. Yeah, when the governor's like, "This is perfectly fine," and then she gets killed for investigating it. Yeah, it's very easy to tell like the governor's in on yeah. it. Yeah, so it's not a reveal. Yeah, but no, roughly around this time, like you know, the the detective Lenny K, the the uh, Lemmy K, Lemmy, it's with an M. Um, the like gang lord has a video of the governor's son murdering somebody at a club. Is that what it is? That's what it is. I think. Oh, I thought it was he was like, like, I don't know. Doing, He's like choking somebody to death. I thought it was like a sexual assault thing. Maybe it was a sexual assault. Whatever it is, it's it's egregious. Yeah, it's like something where it's like if this gets out, yeah, it'll ruin my campaign for re-election. Right. And so whatever. Um, what, what, why do the detectives care what happened to the governor? Cause the, the detective is promised, uh, to be police commissioner if there's a re-election or police captain or something. There's always something. Yeah. And so the, the cops are now trying to find Travolta, Stanley, Wrath. Um, he is Wrath. He is Wrath. He is Wrath. What can, what, what can you say? He is Stanley Wrath Hill. Stanley Wrath Hill. Um, Mr. Wrath. Mr. Rath. Mr. Stuart, do Dr. We have, have Rath. we talked about the posters for this movie yet? Uh, no, but we probably should. No, we should talk about the posters for this movie. Let's talk about the posters. Because uh, I'm just going to show them to you. Because like the audience can't see them. Because I'm just describing them. All right, here's the first poster for this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why does his face look like that? Travolta looks like a Ken doll in this. It, it doesn't look like his face. Uh, here's the other poster for this movie. That's like a little bit better, but why is the gun so? Look at the nozzle of the gun. It's it's rather large. It's not a gun. Okay, that is CGI. The, there's a, like a Charles is fully rendered in this one. That is egregious. <laughs> what the hell? He looks like the Tin Man. And I advise anyone to look up picture, posters for I'm Wrath and like go along with us because the one we're looking at right now is like Travolta like standing like a plank of wood. With I Am Wrath in red font in front of him. He looks like what? I don't know. Like This one's someone else's body, which Rolta photoshopped onto it. Yeah, absolutely. And why is that gun super small? Yeah. But the other gun is ginormous. Okay. I just wanted to show this to you very quickly. Um, so they set up a sting operation. Um, with where They where call they up Charlie, Charlie. Yeah. And they're like, come to this club and get the money and, we'll, and the drugs. And we won't do something. Oh, if, yeah, Charlie will get killed if he doesn't have this stuff. So they make a deal for him to come there. So they find Charlie. Yeah, they go to this uh, this club, which has a great name, I want to say. What's the um, name? It's called the House of Soul, but spelled S-E-O-U-L. Oh, it's, it's like a, a Korean, Korean club, place. Yeah. Which is a, a good name. That is actually. House of Soul. Good. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, so they, they lure Charlie to the VIP room, 
They also and, spring a trap on them too, but these guys are well trained, yeah. so obviously they start killing people yeah. left and right. And the most John Wick knockoff act it's like the club scene from John Wick. It's so bad though. It's so bad. It's so terrible. Yeah. It's like Travolta's trying to do the Keanu like just like the thing where he's popping off endless shots and like long takes. And you it like is there a stunt double? It looks like it's Travolta, but he's doing like kind of slow. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I didn't think they they I, maybe they couldn't afford like a good stunt team for this yeah. or whatever. And it's literally just Travolta doing his best. Uh, because it is it's it it is a very like low energy action scene. It is, is a very low energy. It. It's not good. It's not mm-hmm. good at all. Um, which I hate to say because it's like you know stunt people do a lot of hard work. Yeah, you always want to like compliment them for like all their good chore- choreography skills and designing action pieces. But I'm sorry, whoever the stunt coordinator was on this, it, it ain't working. It ain't working. And I and the the camera's not doing them any credit. No, that's that's also true. Because like it's it is this is straight up just the the scene from John Wick. It's the exact same structure as yeah. the the club scene from John Wick. But it's um, not as good. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like Keanu um, does it though. Yes, Keanu does it, and he puts in the work. He exercises, like he does all the training mm-hmm. things in the pre-production for it, and then when he gets on screen, and the camera favors it too, because it's all it's a, it doesn't cut to these like weird over OTS yeah POV things of it. It's just a wide shot profile of Keanu doing his thing, mm-hmm. and it pays off. It looks good. Yes. This uh, this ain't this ain't happening. No, is what is the problem? Basically, they get Charlie. Yeah, they and get eventually Charlie. Travolta questions him, and he's like, "Oh, this blah blah blah. blah. You'll never know why I killed your wife or whatever." Yeah. Bam, and he kills. And they're him. like, "It's bigger than this." So then, they get up. They get away. Um, Detective Stabler is like, "You need to let this go. We killed Charlie. Yeah, you don't want to dig this." Like, he's it's like, not "It goes over. deeper. It goes deeper. It's not over yet." And so they like. Travolta goes to confession around this time, right? Yeah. And this priest is just like, you should unload your sins. We are all already forgiven by God. Confession is a great way to get through it. And he's probably expecting Travolta to be like, you know, I've, I've, you know, looked at porn a couple sins. times. I've watched porn. You know, I've fornicated. Yeah. Instead, uh, Travolta, he starts off and he's like, Father, I've I murdered, I have murdered many men. <laughs> was, oh, whoa. Some for a reason, some yeah. for no reason. Yeah. The priest is like, whoa, what's going on? I have a known vigilante murderer in my, in my church right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, but nothing really comes out of and that. And the priest is very chill about it. <laughs> the priest is like, my son, you will be forgiven in the eyes of your, your Christ. And uh, Charles is like, yeah, I, ki- I killed a bunch of guys. <laughs> And so, uh, was this supposed to be a good scene? I think it was an attempt to. To be like an emotional scene or whatever? Yes. It is not. It is not. <laughs> it comes off um, as weird. There's like a like a, a cross gets like lit on a Travolta. There's a weird little montage thing that happens here. It's very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, After this is when Lenny K finds Travolta's family. Yeah, Lenny K goes to Travolta's house and is holding his daughter does he kill a babysitter uh here's the thing i wrote in my notes who just died yeah i do know because there's travolta's daughter and she's packing up there's her son her son her husband's not home yeah travolta's grandson and there's like another woman there who's who's just who's just like helping and then lemmy k shows up and travolta's daughter or stanley's daughter whose name i want to just start using her name abby uh abby abby rath Abby C. Rath. Um, Abby M. Rath. Abby Rath Hill. Abby Rath Hill. No, it's just Abby Rath because La- Rath is the new Rath name. Abby. Yes. Patrick Hill. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so she's like, she grabs a knife and tries to stab one of the thugs. And then Lemmy K kills this random woman. And I was Ooh. like, I thought Travolta had two daughters. And I was like, this is kind of being like not acknowledged that someone just got popped. And it might have been someone important. Yeah. No, I think it was just like, it was just like a random babysitter. But they never talk about this. No, they don't. They're all very chill and happy afterward. Instead of a dead babysitter probably lying in their living room. Right in front of the kid. You're too, right in front of the way. kid. Kid's going to have trauma. Um, capital T trauma. Uh, but anyway, Travolta shows up and Lemmy K like, has him at gunpoint. And then he's like, you shouldn't have come alone. Travolta's like, I'm not alone. And then fucking Dennis pops in again. He shoots, snipes him. He kills Lemmy. And then who shows up? 
the detectives. The detectives show up. And, and the like, detectives are like... We're like eight layers deep at this point. And the detectives who... The, one of the detectives who like corners him, his partner shows up. Yeah. He's like, I didn't come alone. You should not have come alone yourself. He's like, I did not come alone. And then Dennis does the same thing again. Yeah, Dennis. He <laughs> comes the exact same bit. <laughs> Except <laughs> this time, the detective has a gun point to Rolta and Trolls has a gun point at him. And they're like evenly matched. And then Dennis comes in and points a gun at the detective. And the detective's like kind of moving. He's coming through him. Dennis pulls out a second pistol. Chris Morley's just holding two guns akimbo at the detective. The detective's like, all right, you got me. It's like, all the right. The second gun did it. All right, fellas. Maybe we should think of another way to how to handle this. Yeah. So oh, then that's when they force the detectives to take them to the governor's mansion. Yes. So we find out the governor's behind this. Yes. But when I say we found out, we found out a while ago. Yes. But the movie intends on you finding out the governor's behind mm. this at this point. And... So they drive to the governor's mansion and they knock out the detectives. One of them is tied up in the trunk and the other one is like... Handcuffed to the steering wheel. Handcuffed to the steering wheel. So the detective wakes up and he sees like a bunch of dead guards outside. Yeah, they they get around having to do an action scene here. They they pull a hobbit. Um, The detective gets a hit in the head and then he wakes up and there's a bunch of dead bodies around. Yeah. So they don't have to film the the action scene there. Because we just pick up a Travolta inside the house and he shoots like four guards. And then the governor is apparently an ex-Black Ops Yeah, the governor pulls out a shotgun and is the first person in this movie to actually put up a fight to Trollta. Because he's apparently... No, I shouldn't say Wrath to Mr. Wrath. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mr. Wrath gets into a fight with the governor. And then he, like, has the governor... He's about to kill the governor. And he's like, why did you do it? And the governor's like... Yeah, you know, the greater good. I always worked for the greater good. You know what it was like to be a young Irish kid who became the governor. And he's like, who are you? And Troll's like, I am wrath. And then he kills the and governor. he snaps his fingers and half the universe comes yeah. back. He kills the governor. Yeah. Um, and the governor's wife runs in screams. And Troll's like, like no, gonna... I won't kill you. I only killed him. And it's like, that's supposed to be comforting to her. It's great. And then a bunch of police show up. Yeah, a bunch of police show up. And they all have their guns pointed at uh, at Wrath. And Wrath walks to like, he, the, the he balcony. He does his dramatic, you know, sacrifice moment. Suicide by cop. Yeah, he walks down the balcony. Except he's wearing knee thrill. Yeah. <laughs> he's apparently <laughs> wearing pure knee thrill. Um, You're full of surprises, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> You're full of surprises, Mr. Wrath. Because <laughs> um, apparently this dude gets sh- like laid out. Like Valley of Violet style laid out. Yes. And he falls back, but then it's one of those scenes where they cut open his shirt and it reveals there's the, the bulletproof yeah. vest. Here's the thing though. Because he gets lit up. Like he probably got shot in like the head or the neck. And also the 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 vest only covers his like top yeah. torso. It doesn't cover his stomach. Yeah. So like how the fuck does he but whatever. But long story short, he survives. We're led to believe he died, but then we we cut to a hospital. And, he's and Abby's hospital. standing outside and she's just like, I want to see my dad. And it's he's like, You can't. He's a Oh also he blew up the detectives. Yes, he blew the up car the car We forgot about that. The one of the detectives is in the explosion, the other one like kind of jumps out but is still to our knowledge hit by it. Yeah. But there's a twist. But there's a twist. But Abby's told like your dad's gonna be trying a FISA court. Um, no, jury, a, no jury. No jury. No They're gonna like you know black site him. Is that a thing? It is. Okay. Yes. Um, it's a, a shameful part of this country's history. Gotcha. Uh, that is not even history. Still to this day. Anyway, um, they're gonna move him from the hospital to a prison hospital immediately. Um, and Abby's not allowed to see him. Abby so, storms so into the room. So she runs into the room and is like, "Dad!" And she gives him a hug. Someone else happens too. Um, we'll find out later. Yeah, we'll find out. And so she goes. Cut um, to the guard's night shift. Yeah, the guard shift changes over, and a guard comes over, and then another guard's like, I'm going to go to the vending machine or whatever. So you should get the coffee. The other guard turns around and reveals, it's, it's the, the other de- detective. With like a two-face burn on half his face. Because that was the guy that jumped out of the trunk yeah. and made it out de- just before Detective Walker. Yes. So he goes inside the hospital room, Yeah, hides a gun underneath his hat, pulls the hat away, has a gun aimed at Travolta who's conscious he's awake right now yeah he's like man if I kill you they'll make me a detective again maybe (laughs) and then what happens he aims a gun at him and then Travolta there's a a flashback yeah we got a flashback to Abby running in the room and she slides a gun Gun under his pillow under his pillow and so Travolta whips the gun out and shoots shoots him. him But then who else is right behind the detective? Detec- Dennis pulls the same shit. Disguised as a doctor. Yeah, with a silencer on his gun. And he's like, I could have gotten him. And he's like, he waited till the last second. Yeah. This movie that ends very, like, 
this movie keeps doing these weird tonal shifts where like it's this guy mourning for his lost love. And that's like, these two cops are just trading barbs back and forth. These two guys are just trading bars back and forth because they're good buddies. They're jabokes. Yeah. Those, those are the parts of the movie I like is when it's just the two of them like shooting the shit and shooting like criminals. Yeah. So um, then he wheels him out of the hospital. Yeah. And then it fades. O- over a while, there's an announcement like, the prisoner has escaped and no guards I appear. see Ward 3 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they just push, he pushes Troll Town the escape. So then we fade to black, and then we come back, and what? How? What's that? How We're at Abby's house, and she's yeah. there with her um, her husband and her son, and she and gets, she gets a, a postcard in the mail from Sao Paulo. Yeah, and it's Travolta being like, "I'm doing great, miss you, love you all," and then she smiles, and the movie ends. That really is how the movie. That ends. is how the movie, like the, this. I feel like we kind of sp- spade rounded the plot there because there's there's not much to talk about. Right. Um, this is John Wig. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it, it's it's in the same vein as a lot of the movies we're talking about now. There's really not a lot to it. Uh, I would give it a four out of ten. I would I would give it a five out of ten. Yeah. Because it did have some like raw pleasures to it that I enjoyed. Christopher Maloney was Christopher Maloney was good. Um, all like the uh, the dumb bits were funny. When it tried to be a real movie, it failed. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just, it was, it was a sleeper for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie comes out. They shot this for an $18 million budget. 18? It makes uh, $2.5 million, losing 15.5 at the box office. Hmm. However, this appears to be a, uh, a recurring direct-to-video hit. Really? I don't know if it makes its budget back, but I'm, it's, uh, I don't even want to say hit. But it, it it starts making the rounds in you know Redbox and uh, I do remember this was a DVD rental hit, like because it was everywhere. Yes, it's it, it just kind of goes everywhere and becomes one of those things. Mm-hmm. I just see a review for this as new John Travolta Iron Wrath is basically a John Wick reboot but less entertaining. <laughs> yeah, which is a good way to describe this. Um. But it, come, it comes down, it doesn't really do anything for him. It doesn't do anything for Christian Maloney. It doesn't do anything for anybody else. Yeah. It gets on 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's about bad, I'd say. Mm. I mean, I, I enjoyed it more than I didn't, but I also didn't enjoy it that much. Um, it's, it's just in a... Te- it's a, like... Of all these movies we've been talking about, this one's the most like obvious like attempt at a comeback because it's just a John Wick ripoff, right? And it's clear like what Travolta is trying to go for. It's clear what the movie's trying to go for, and it just doesn't work for the movie. It doesn't work for anything. Well, and I still hold that. I think if it, it, did, and it just doesn't exist. If it had the same role reversal like you had in like Valley of Violence, where Travolta wasn't the main lead, and he was like the the Dennis character, and instead it was Christopher Maloney who was the main character, mm-hmm. I think that would have already have helped the movie a lot. Yeah, Christopher Maloney would have been better for like the kind of soulful side of this, and Travolta would have been better as like the entertaining, the entertaining special. But I also don't want to steal that from uh, from Maloney because he's good. Maloney is good, and I agree hundred percent. But I but just... there's really no version of where this movie's good. No, there are versions where it's slightly better, but there's no version where this movie's good. Right? Yeah. No, there's no rule fixing it. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say about yeah, this. I'm, tra- I'm going to check my notes see if I have anything else to say, but I don't think I do. Um, oh, there is a really good line in this movie I want to talk about. Which is? Um, right before he kills the governor, he's pointing the gun. The governor's like, what do you want? And Charles is like, or Rath is like, justice. And the governor goes, wrong branch of government. Oh, this yeah. It's the executive branch and not the justice branch. That's the judicial branch. <laughs> that's, that's a good one, man. Really pat on the back for that one, guys. Shout out to the writer of this movie. Um, I'm going to give you a specific shout out. Shout out to uh, Yvan Gauthier and Paul Sloan for writing that line. But yeah, that's that's all I got to say about this movie. Um, but you know what I do want to say? Yeah. This is our, our last movie before we get to the big one. What big one? The movie that started this whole show. Oh, Saturday Night Fever? Yes. Uh, no. Um, because folks, next week, Greece? what you have to look forward to is a, a, spe- a special episode. You folks oh, have to look forward yeah. to our, our, it's not a finale. 
It's but it's our spectacular. It's our magnum opus. This is our magnum opus. Next week, you folks are going to have quite the episode on the 2018 motion picture, Gotti. That's right. Uh, so make sure to have a lot of time in your schedule cleared out because it's going to be a long episode. This is going to be. We're going to have a lot of special guests coming in. We're going to have a lot of celebrations, a lot of um, a lot of surprises in store for you folks. Uh, so prepare yourselves because next week you're getting gottied. I I don't know if I'm prepared. Not <laughs> Stuart. We have quite the week ahead of us. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. All right. Well. Yes. I don't want to keep the audience waiting if they got yeah. the next one queued up. If you got Gotti queued up, get ready because it's a lot he coming. A lot he coming. Yes. Uh, right. So as always, thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TravoltingPod. Email us at TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Nar. <laughs> Nar. And as always, special <laughs> thanks to uh, uh, Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the theme music that is now taking you out.